Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I can't wait to share with you today's guest because she is a whole bundle of fun. But before we get stuck into it, you know the drill. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you jump on over to iTunes and click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. And if you haven't done so already, make sure that you leave me a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. Also, if you're on the gram, make sure that you jump on over and follow at Mummy Republic Podcast so that you can keep up with all of the episodes, the guests, and all things motherhood. Now, there's no trigger warning on today's episode. There are a couple of swear words here and there, but nothing out of the ordinary. So why don't we just get stuck into it? Today's guest, in my opinion, is one of the funniest mamas on the gram. She shows the ups and downs of motherhood through lighthearted banter and witty captions, not afraid to take the piss out of her husband, her kids, or herself. Welcome to the fabulous Amy Gerard. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good. It's funny, like every time I do an intro, people are sort of taken back like, oh yeah, shit, that's me. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's very flattering. Oh, well, you're welcome. I I, uh, I think it's funny because total strangers think that I'm funny, but if you were to ask my family or my husband or basically any of my close friends, they're like, yeah, no, nah, she's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are that funny, though. That's why. Do you find, though, that it puts pressure on the situation for you to always be on the jokes and uh, being the one who's witty? I, I think um, I my my default type personality is just sarcasm so it's not so much I I try to be funny I'm just quite sarcastic and I uh, take the piss a lot and people find that entertaining I guess half the time I'm not even trying to be funny it just it's just uh, part of my uh, personality I guess just low-key naturally hilarious how terrible for you low-key comedian yeah It's funny though, like I always find on the gram, it's because I'm a really sarcastic person. I have seen in your it. stuff and you are hilarious. Oh, stop it. Stop buttering me um, up. The, uh, <laughs> two sips of rosé. <laughs> the one that you did just recently with your husband, um, what were you impersonating that movie, Bridesmaids or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that was so funny. I thought you were going to go along with the line where you were like, can you smell cut that smell coming from my undercarriage? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I, I didn't know. It's one of those things you're like, how far can I push the boundaries? Always. And you would be the same. You're like, oh, I don't want to rub anybody too far up the wrong way, just maybe a little bit. Oh, listen, I used to push the boundaries. Well, I, it's not even that I pushed the boundaries. It was just that I used to just have no filter and now I definitely have a filter. 
like yeah. you have to be <laughs> you have to be a little bit somewhat diplomatic at some point. Absolutely. It's 2020. Yeah. Everybody's delicate. Everyone is woke. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, people sort of get the sense that they know you because you share a portion of your life online. And I think that's important too, because it is still a portion. But you know that we're all creeps. So <laughs> let's just do a quick background check. Yep. How did you and Rian meet? Um, so I actually... Um, well, I have Instagram to thank for this because I basically saw a photo of him and a French bulldog on um, the explore page because we obviously had a mutual friend and I was like, oh, God, he's hot. Um, Dark hair, blue eyes. So I liked the photo and I moved on. I was like, I'll give him a like, whatever, moved on. And then within like 30 minutes I got a message underneath his photo and it was like hey Ames 001 or whatever my handle was um you're really cute like what brings you to my page (laughs) I was like wow um I'm just here for the French Bulldogs sorry like I've just got a thing for French Bulldogs um and he was like oh that's like so cute I'd love to take you out for dinner and I was like wow that is rather forward considering you have no idea who I am um is this still in the comment section of his photo in the comment section he has he's actually got it on his page somewhere like he's screened it it because it was like our beginning but he wrote that and then I left it I just ghosted him because I was like he's a creep ghost and but we kind of followed each other and then nothing eventuated or nothing came from it uh and then three months later I was walking to get a coffee in the middle of the city and we just walked straight past each other and it's bloody beautiful. Every time I tell this story, I get a bit of a tear in my eye. Um, I absolutely don't. I'm joking. But it was nice. It was nice that it was um, somewhat organic and it kind of fate lined it all up, not so much Instagram. Um, so yeah. obviously we walked past each other. We both turned around. He was like, oh, Amy, how are you going? And I was like, hey guy whose name I have no idea how to pronounce um and we had a big chat on the side of the road and then we lined up a date and that was it the rest is history oh bless and you you guys had Charlie quite quickly right Mm -hmm. how how long before you were preggers I'm pretty sure we went to the races and had like a bit of a boozy day at the races and then I'm pretty sure she was created that night. Races will do it every time. We got, um, we had been dating. Well, yeah, we'd only been together for like seven months. So pretty soon, to be honest, like I'd been in relationships with past boyfriends for two years, three years. And I had never even entertained the idea of having children with, with those people. So, and this is going to sound super corny. Um, no, I'm here for it. Go but <laughs> I just knew, like, even with Ryan, warts and all, and, like, he's not perfect and I'm not perfect, but, like, he had his flaws, but I just knew that he was my person. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's corny. I think it's nice. I think you just get to the point where you don't fuck around yeah. with people who you don't see an actual future with. Well, and my mum always used to say to me, when you meet the right guy, you'll know. And I yeah. I was not um, a relationship hoe, but I kind of was a relationship hoe. Like I just always had relationships and every guy I was ever with, I was like, 
mum, like, is this the right guy? And she's like, I don't know. Is it? And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it is. And then a month later we'd break up. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it's, a, it's a very sense of just feeling complete and utter content and no way is that the right word content yeah 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 content yeah, totally. contempt um <laughs> it was it was really easy it was there it, yeah there wasn't there was no bullshit there was no like second guessing his actions or my actions there was no second guessing my feelings it was just it was easy and it felt natural and it felt right so yeah I'm just off to write a Mills and Boone book <laughs> I feel like you should. I think that'd be a nice segue yeah. for you. Mm. But I, I think you're right, though. And and the ironic thing is that's how it's supposed to be. Like it's supposed to be easy, and we just tend to spend, I think, our twenties and our teens just with the wrong people and getting caught up in, oh, you know, I've got to have a baby and I've got to get married, and then you go, oh shit, this is what it was supposed to be like all along. But don't you think I I think that by dating all those different guys, um, it gave me a, a clearer indication of the things that I were, like the things that I that were so important to me in a relationship. Like no guy's perfect, no woman's perfect, right? But there's things that I'm happy to go without and there's things that are imperative for me, you know, as a woman in a relationship. And for me, dating all different guys and seeing what each relationship brought, that helped me, it helped me realise the things that I could do without versus the things that I that I really wanted. Yeah. Like 100%. I dated the guy that was really well off and really, really um, driven, but he was just never emotionally available. He was just always head in his work. Um, I dated the guy, I, I mean... I'm going down my dating history now. But for me, I mean, I want you to. <laughs> things like family were really important to me. Like I wanted him to always be close with my family, whoever I ended up with. And uh, yeah, I just, someone who I could have loads of fun with. Like some of my boyfriends I used to see as boyfriends, but then I would go out with my girlfriends and they that was my fun time. It was never something that I mm-hmm. could mix, whereas I have the most fun with Ryan. It's. I think you're spot on though and it even makes you appreciate it more too because you know what you were lacking in those other relationships yeah. and you have it now so you're more grateful for it. Yes. Did you know that you always wanted to have kids? I always wanted to be a mum. Like from, yeah. from my youngest memory, I'm pretty sure like people used to ask me, oh, you know, what are you going to do when you finish high school? And I was like, oh, I just want to be a mum. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I always knew that I wanted to be a mum. I always knew that I wanted three children as well, but I was very adamant about not having children with the wrong guy. Wait, the right guy. I'm, I, I, I wasn't just going to have children with any Tom, Dick or Harry, sorry, boyfriend. I was always, I always wanted to make sure it was going to be with the right guy. Smart so, decision. And here we are, three kids later Ooh. with Rihanna. And three kids, it's under five, right? It was, it was under four. There was three oh. in three years and eight months. Dear God, did you always see that happening or oh. did it just kind of naturally, you just were like, oh, she's a dream, let's go again and again? Um, so obviously Charlie was a surprise. Yep. Um, yep. And, but she was great. 
And then we tried actively for Bobby. So we got married in between Charlie and Bobby. So when Charlie was like 11 months, we got married. And then just after her first birthday, we, uh, sorry, she turned, yeah, one in December. And then we tried for Bobby. Um, So he was planned. And then Bobby turned one and he was, he went from being an absolute dreamboat baby to um, a little bit aggressive. Um, and we, we, we'd always spoken about having three. And I, I think Ryan and I were both on the same page. We're all good to have three. But we were speaking about waiting until Charlie went to school. And then I remember going to my mum and dad's for New Year's Eve. And we were sitting around by the pool and I'd had like 15 gin and tonics. And the next day I remember walking up to the park with the kids and I was like, oh, my God. I'm like I literally know that wave of nausea that just swept oh. over me. And it, it wasn't a hangover. I was like, I, I'm 100% pregnant. I knew it. And I was I was like a week out for getting my period. And sure enough, um, I was. Surprise! Um, surprise again. <laughs> I mean, and people are like, you know how babies are created, right? Um, and yes, I do. But I also know when I ovulate, like I get ovulating pains. I know when I'm fertile. Uh, that has kind of kept me in good stead my entire life. But I don't know, man, there must be something powerful about Ryan's seed. Like it must stay alive for a week or something. Yeah. Because it has... Um, she really got its head in the game, you know, pun probably intended, but yeah. obviously it's just ready to go. It's ready to rock and roll and it's ready to dive headfirst into an egg of mine. So um, <laughs> it was definitely earlier than we had planned, but now that Kobe's here and now that they're all so close together, I couldn't imagine have. I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. And I guess for me, I'm one of three and me and all my brothers, we, my mom, she was even more crazy and she did all three of us in like three years. Um, and, but we are all so close, me and my two sisters, um, Ben and Tom. So they, They've, they're like best mates and then I'm like the big sister that bosses them around. But we're all just good mates. So I, yeah. I feel like my kids will have a similar upbringing. Yeah, and you can tell even from, you know, creeping on your Instagram that the kids are really close and they have that bond and you've got that family unit and it obviously was meant to be. Yeah, and I think it'll be nice as well. Like Charlie will go to school next year and then I'll have the two boys at home. And yep. um, I think that will be really nice for Bobby and he, he might be able to get out of wearing Elsa dresses and having his nails painted <laughs> and makeup put on and he can go and do kick a ball with his brother. I mean, he clearly loves it though, like low-key, so here for those dresses. I've seen those twirls. Oh, he's, um, he's a fabulous twirler. But Charlie will dress him up almost every weekend just in girls clothes like she's given him his own name and she puts all his outfits and he loves it oh bless <laughs> but he just loves he just adores charlie anything charlie does bobby does he's like her five o'clock shadow so it's very sweet oh that's the sweetest <laughs> do you um do you feel like if you 
did it all over again, yep. that you would keep the same age gaps or do you think that you would prefer a slight difference? Even though they're close and it was meant to be, yep. what do you think now that you've done it? Oh, look, I, I, I don't know but because my the doing them all so close, like it's, it's definitely been hard but I also don't know if leaving a big gap would have been easy. Do you know what I mean? Like there would have yep. been different challenges like, when when Kobe was born, um, Charlie was in uh, preschool, and I didn't have to rush to school to get her there at a certain time. I could just take her whenever I wanted. Um, I I actually don't. I mean, I don't know any difference, so I would just yep. probably say that I would just do exactly what I've done all over again. Yeah, and it's interesting because a lot of people question around or, or have an opinion of what the perfect age gap is, yeah. and sometimes you can't control it anyway and I can personally say having a child in primary school even though yet it has its benefits the school runs are such a pain in the ass like it really stuffs around the routine so what would you say is the hardest part of having them so close together um for me it was bedtime routine so because Ryan works um he works in the city and so we're out in the suburbs so he travels his commute is about an hour each way. So he's traveling two hours a day. But even if he finishes work at like six, then he has to walk up to the station. He doesn't, you know, catch the train, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't get home till 7, 7.30. So for me, the part that was quite difficult was, um, you know, when Kobe was a newborn and they go through, you know, witching hour and I would have him just like a screeching banshee and I just have to wear him even though, I mean, he would settle on my chest, but he would just be so unsettled and I'd have to cook dinner and then feed it to the other ones. And at the time, like when Kobe was born, Bobby was still only 20 months or 22 months, sorry. So he's still essentially like quite, very, like quite, quite young. Um, And he was just like his testy rage was just next level at at that time. So it was just quite a challenging juggle um I was okay in the morning I was okay during the day it was just witching hour from like 4 30 onwards it got a little bit difficult but I just I just had to like turn into like an army sergeant I was I just ran a tight ship I um (laughs) everything was very quick dunk dunk a kid in a bath dunk it out (laughs) on one on the lounge next one (laughs) But I got through it, got it done. I don't know if it's even harder now that Kobe's walking and putting everything in his mouth and I've got three going in different directions. But for every challenging day, there's obviously lots of wonderful ones. So, Of course. And it's amazing what you can actually get through, you know, when you're in it and you just yeah. deal with it and you get it done and then you look back on it and go, oh, my God, what the hell was that? I do but- think I do think if I'd had um, a bigger gap between like Charlie and Kobe, Charlie and I mean she's so fantastic now but I feel like if she was maybe I don't know six or seven she would probably be even more helpful Mm, um like I still think and she's the one I get the most guilt over I because I feel like I just instantly forced her into becoming like a mother's helper for me (laughs) Um, but I feel like she still needs me as a mum as well um and sometimes she just wants to carry on like a four-year-old and she just wants to have tantrums and let it all out and be emotional and 
I just um, sometimes don't even hold space for her for that because I'm like, what are you like? Wait, wait, wait. What are you? Why are you crying? Like you're the big girl. You're the big girl. So, yeah. It's hard because it's, yeah, you do that automatically though without even realising it because you're like, hang on, you're the one I'm not supposed to have to worry about because you're the oldest. I know. And they still want to be loved and nurtured and cared for as well. So I do, um, I am quite mindful of that. So I do try and have like little moments where just her and I duck out and do stuff. So adorable. I know. With, um, with Bobby, you sort of mentioned that he went through his testy stage and you lovingly refer to him as Malat. (laughs) And obviously it's a joke and it's funny, but he did. He had this shift that you've explained before. When did it happen? Like, because I'm terrified. Arch is exactly the same. He's a dream baby at the moment, apart from everything that goes on with him. But no, is it, should I be concerned? I actually think it was the karma truck. I think it ran me over because (laughs) I... Bobby was I'm not even joking he was like an absolute dream of a baby so he just he never cried he was so happy he slept through the night from like seven weeks I hate people that say that but like this is literally what he did he self-settled he didn't need rocking or anything he was just and I used to say to my mum it's almost too good to be true like he loved his food (laughs) and everything he like an like a goddess um and goddess is female but anyway and yeah when he turned one and started walking I just of course I had a girl first so I only had her to compare him to and I had seen other mums with boys and I'd seen the way that they would you know let their emotions out and it would be like one of my girlfriend's sons used to like headbutt the floor and another one they'd like literally do like roundhouse punches and I was like oh god like you know that's I like my my son would never do that <laughs> of course and, yep. um yeah that's the fucking karma bus it literally <laughs> took me out because um Bobby was just it was it, he had a rage in him that I just I literally could not control and because I was so when Charlie's upset I just go to comfort her and she instantly all that's all she wants is she wants a cuddle and she wants love and affection but so I used to go to Bobby and he he didn't want a bar of it and when he's so angry the only thing you can do is leave him be and just let him blow off some steam and he usually comes around after I don't know 15 20 minutes but it was it was such a shock to my system because it was like nothing I'd experienced before with Charlie. And I, I tr- truth be told, I didn't know how to handle him. And I kind of used to be like, oh, I'm a lot. And I'm trying to see the funny side in it. I tend to use humour. I inject it in my everyday life because I, I, I think it is so important to have a sense of humour with children. And yep. Obviously, the nickname Malat was a total joke and everybody knew that. Like, I haven't been given stick about it, but I'm sure there's people that think it's not appropriate, but whatever, it's my child. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, like the he was just a force to be reckoned with and so I, I, I truly didn't know how to handle him and by 
vocalizing it and talking about it on the gram, I actually had so much help from other women who had boys similar, like similar spirited children who you had to carry kicking and screaming under your arm like football out of a shopping centre and stuff. So they kind of um, pointed me in the direction of some really good books and podcasts and, yeah, the Graham in that regard has been a godsend. Like could not be more thankful to the women it connected me with and who helped me through that and helped me to understand him better. And it's basically like I was reborn as a mum again because I basically had to tailor make a whole different approach to Bobby. Yeah. Yep. Did I just and talk, it's, it's, did I just talk consecutively for like ten minutes without drawing a breath? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It was probably nine and a half. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I think you explained it really well. And I think it's important that's the importance of talking about this stuff because yep. you just don't know. And then you think you're the only one and you think what have I done wrong with this devil child? Where did it Where did it change? But it's just all part of them growing and evolving. Yeah, and look, for, like Bobby is the most, he honestly is, and I, I have such a soft spot for him, but he is probably the most adorable kid on planet Earth. He, for every rage, I mean, and they've definitely lessened now, um, now that he's learned to speak better and communicate better, they've, absolutely few and far between also he's on an iron supplement which is helping but he's also the sweetest little dude he he's so loving he always tells me how much he loves me how pretty I look that today even when I look like um he's very sweet he holds little doors open for me like I don't even know where he learned that because his dad doesn't hold doors open for me um (laughs) but if I'm like if he's if we're there walking he'll be the one that stops and he'll be like well let's wait for mom like he's just an absolute sweetheart picks me flowers so there's there's far more good in him than there is bad and he's he's not even bad he's just it was just a shock and I almost think it would have been better to have him first because if I had a boy first you don't have you have no expectations, right? So if I had him first, I'd be like, wow, like, boy, like this, my child's a psycho, like he's crazy, but this must just be what motherhood's about. Um, yep. And then I'd probably have a girl second and I was like, wow, like this is so easy. <laughs> um, and I'm sure girls get their own back when they're teenagers, I have no doubt. But um, yeah, I feel like it probably would have been easier having them the other way around, just yeah, because I had Charlie as a first, she paved the way and she was a pretty easy, easy, well-behaved toddler. It just lulls you into that false sense of security, yeah. just going, yeah, it's going to be fine. Have another one. Have two oh, more. Not even Why not? Like, and Charlie was a pretty chilled toddler and I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm obviously nailing this parent gig. Um, Clearly. Just like dusting the gold off my shoulders. Um, <laughs> and then out popped Bobby. And then literally as he was turning and the testy rage was peaking, that's when I was found out I was pregnant. So Amazing. <laughs> I, Amazing I, for you. I keep saying to Ryan, it was a blessing in disguise because if if I hadn't fallen pregnant then and I had gone through that last year and a half with Bobby and just riding the um, – the new wave of 
male, tiny male testosterone, I don't even know if I would have fallen. Like I would, I don't think I would have actively tried to get pregnant. So Kobe knew what he was doing. He was ready to go. And then Bobby just felt like he could let it all out. Then. Yeah, just pretty much. And I can't wait for at least when um, Kobe hits his, I don't know, gets his testy um, surge, I'll, I'll know what to expect. I'll be all over yeah. it. It'll be fine. And then hopefully Bobby will be completely out of his and you'll just yeah, only have one to go with. And then Charlie will become a teenager and then that's when <laughs> um, she'll have her moment. <laughs> no, I, I'm absolutely just in denial about that. I'm like, nah, it's fine. Peyton's going to be fine. Because you know, your daughter? She's seven? She's eight. And, man, it's, it is terrifying, like, the stuff that they even go through now in primary school, like, yeah. with social media and – we don't let her on any of that, but they just, yeah, they're already talking about their bodies and oh makeup. God, and I'm not ready for like, that. No, no. Does an eight-year-old have Instagram and stuff? So not my eight-year-old, but there are girls at her school they that do. do. Don't they? And that's terrifying. Oh, I'm, not, I'm literally like Charlie can have a Nokia 9210. Yeah, I'm gonna have every password, and she's not allowed any apps. She can play Snake. Yeah, hundred percent until she's eighteen or twenty-four or something. And I feel like being on social media yourself makes you even more against it because I just, I just think it's completely unnecessary for her. I'm like, you can deal with all that when you're older, not now. I just think I, I watched that social dilemma thing and. I, it, it rattled me to be honest. And I think, I mean, I can't talk because I'm obviously on social media, but I feel like the period of when you as a child are so vulnerable between like the age of like, I don't know, 11 and 16, when, you know, boys are, their testes are dropping and girls getting their period and you're at that awkward, weird pubescent stage and mm-hmm. you are just so vulnerable. Like, I couldn't imagine having a social media platform and just being like putting myself out there for scrutiny. I just think it's so dangerous. Like my, my youth at that age, I was always just playing out in the street with my girlfriends who used to live in the street, who I grew up with. Do you know what I mean? Social media until I was like 19, 20. Um, and I was past all that vulnerable stage and I, you know, build up a bit of my confidence. So I was, I felt, you know, okay to tackle it, but I just, oh, it terrifies me thinking that Charlie would have an Instagram account at 14. I'm going to be like the biggest helicopter parent. Oh, I'm going to be right there with you. I, like, I even think about it now. I was about the same age with MySpace and I never want my MySpace photos to surface oh because my my they were terrible. My, I was probably wearing butterfly clips in my hair, yeah. which <laughs> nobody needs to see that. No, I um, I I'm pretty sure that my mum she read my MySpace account messages, and that is how she found out that my boyfriend and I had had sex for the first time. And I was like, "That's an invasion of my privacy." And she was like, well, I need to know because you cannot get pregnant. <laughs> and then, you know, here you are, a couple of surprises later. Yeah, here Speaking I am. Of, um, I mean, I hated her at the time, but she's, God, she was always right. And she always, like, was looking out for me. Oh, totally. And that's the thing, like, as as a girl mum, 
we have that all ahead of us of where they go through that period of hating you, yeah. but it's it's for the greater good. It's for the greater I good. I know. We just got to love them through it. Now, speaking of Ryan and your baby making skills, how did having three kids under, you know, four or five affect your relationship with him, given that it was quite new when you fell pregnant? Um. So... Look, are we talking about like romance? Are we talking about sex? Are we talking? Look, about I was, everything? I was actually going to ease you into that question. Since you brought it up, um, no. Listen, and I think that is one of the biggest reasons why I ended up having a child with him because I just he. Ryan is basically the male equivalent to me. And, you know, they always say opposites attract and all my past boyfriends were opposite to me. And Ryan is probably the first guy I ever dated who was very similar to me. And it works a lot better with both our personalities, I guess. But he's so empathetic. So he he knew how much I wanted to be a mum and he knew he fully trusts me and he believes in me and he kind of doesn't take a step back but he let me do a lot of the maternal stuff to begin with like with Charlie and I breastfed her and everything like that and he just kind of took a back seat and I remember my mum always saying to me like don't forget about Ryan like make sure you always make time for Ryan um and I probably didn't, to be honest, I, because I don't know, first time mom, like it's so overwhelming. Like you just, sorry, I don't have time to like, <laughs> like worry about Ryan's feelings in the first couple of weeks. I was just balls deep in like sleep deprivation and everything. Yeah. Um, but he never complained. And if anything, he was just always so supportive. So, um, and I mean, life is somewhat easy. I mean, not like hindsight now life was very easy when it was just one baby but um at the time it still felt very very different to our old life but he was he was just such a good partner to have a child with he was always just so supportive and eventually after you know you get the swing of things and you you get a bit more confident and everything um my mum would you know come over and she would give us the night off and we would go out we'd have dinner and basically talk about Charlie and look at photos of her and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I don't know, it, it it absolutely changes. Your relationship changes completely. But yep. we still try and have dinner together most nights. Um, his work is can get really hectic and obviously I do some writing for the latch and I do certain things now. So but we always do try and make time for each other. So even if we go to bed earlier and we have a little chat in bed or sometimes we'll come down after after dinner and we'll have a shower together and sometimes we're not even like bonking in it. We're just literally chatting <laughs> and having a cuddle and whatnot. And it's just we're in the eye of the storm at the moment and it's never going to be sunshine and rainbows and heaps of sex and romance like that's just unrealistic um yeah so we're we're just holding on for dear life really and when we do find the time to kind of have a cuddle and have a night off or go away or something like that we you know really make the most of it obviously have sex multiple times um yeah and yeah like I think 
um, it would be silly to presume that our relationship is um, all love hearts and what I'm thinking of another loving romantic um, emoji right now. Um, <laughs> love hearts and love heart eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, we're both <laughs> sleep deprived, so we we bicker, but yep. we never. We're not like I'm very stubborn. He's not, so we'll bicker, and then I'll get the shits, and then he'll come over and give me a cuddle, and it all go, goes. It all gets put to bed. We never, nothing ever gets dragged on for longer than an hour or so. So we're good at um, not turning, you know, uh, fly into an elephant. We're good at that, and um, we're good at you know, taking the opportunity to have a quickie behind the bathroom door when the kids are watching, I don't know, Peppa Pig. Oh, the romance. Oh, the romance. It's well and truly alive. <laughs> I think it's good to know though because people get so swept up and, and obviously you're really real on Instagram but they see, you know, perfect couples and perfect children and perfect families and homes and then you look at the fact that you haven't washed your hair in a week and God knows how long you've had your underwear on for and you're thinking the last thing I want to do is have sex right now and you just get in that mindset of is it just me or is it everybody and it's it's bloody everybody. It is everybody. Any woman with like children who reckons that she's a horn dog is clearly lying (laughs) or she's on like horny goat weed or something because that that is just – and you know what? Sometimes, like, I don't even want to have sex. And, but like, we'll end up having sex. And I, I'll be so glad that I, I did do it because it yeah. just helps you reconnect again. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, sometimes I'm like, my girlfriends and I were having a chat the other day. And I, I was like, I actually think that I could possibly go without sex for like months and months and months, <laughs> just, you know, during this period. Just, not because I'm not attracted to him. I think he's like the sexiest man alive, but because I'm just I'm so fucking tired by the end of the day. Um, my sex drive is just, I don't know, like it's taken a vacation for the time being and that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when we do do it, it it feels great. I mean, I hit him up today. He was at home working today and I walked up and Kobe was down having a nap and I hit him up and he was like, whoa, like, hallelujah let's go and that never happened so I mean it's it's nice like I think slowly when you when your kids start sleeping through again um and they get a bit older like I feel like women will get their mojo back um I mean hats off if there is those crazy women out there that are bonking like rabbits uh, like tell me the secrets yeah, I mean, good good for them. But if you can if you can squeeze in a three to five minute session while yeah. the kids are napping or exactly. watching a movie, then go for it. Listen, three to five minutes is probably um, <laughs> quite long, but <laughs> that's for special occasions. Yeah, that's for like anniversary shit. <laughs> no, um, I um, so we we are we're like best friends. So I'm just talking about Ryan and I. Anyway, he's a good egg. He is a good egg. Now, when it comes to your advice to somebody who's maybe a stay-at-home mum or even a working mum with three young kids, what would it be? How to get through it? Um, I just think you have to surrender to it all. I'm a big believer that, like, children are so unpredictable. I mean, I have three and they are all so different and – the minute you surrender to it at like 
motherhood and just go with the flow. For me, I find that that is what gets me through each day and being able to laugh at the things that you can't control, like toddlers and their little emotions are crazy. And like you just, at the time, even it might not feel funny, but you have to laugh it off. And at the end of the day, my biggest tip would be to unpack it and not unpack the dishwasher. I'm talking like unpack it. So talk about your day with your husband or even your mum or a friend and just laugh off the shit that happened and laugh off the shit that you can't control. And it it makes everything, it makes all the stressful situations seem much more lighthearted. And I feel like you go to bed and um, you kind of wipe the slate and you start afresh mm-hmm. each day. Which is so important, to, especially when it comes to your energy levels. Because if you just carry it over, it's like, oh, yeah, you're already starting with a glass that's full and you're about to overflow. Yeah, and look, and if if you have if you've had a day where you don't feel like you can laugh it off and you're just you are struggling, that is okay as well. Like. I have had plenty of those days as well and you just need to have a really fucking good cry and cry to your mom and cry to yourself and cry to your partner and then take yourself in to the bath, have a hot chocolate, highly recommend not drinking wine at that time because that just tips you further (laughs) over the edge and get it all out and then you start afresh the next day. But, like, I just think you need to honour all the feelings. So if it's just been a stressful day but there's just – the, the drama's like your son's yelled at you for three hours because you stopped him from eating a dishwasher tablet. Like you have to just laugh that shit off. Um, which really it's such a good example because it's so true. Yeah, and it's literally the story of my life as well. Just the, the tantrums are over the silliest things. It's such solid advice though because I we do, we put decent advice. all this. No, it is, it is. We put all this pressure on ourselves to keep it together and to be perfect all the time. And I think humor is really important, but it is sometimes you just need to, yeah, get in the shower, put on Adele, let it out. Feel so much better. The saddest song ever that's going to evoke all of those emotions and just like cry with the song. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. Adele, it'll do it every time. She's got a lot of feelings. I haven't cried to her yet. Oh, I mean, look, she can work either way, a good karaoke night or a good shower cry. Yeah, I've definitely, I've cried to Enya. Is that weird? Really? Most people no. birth. Most people birth to her, but I've cried to her. <laughs> I mean, she she's got a lot of emotions too. Yeah. So yeah, she that's does. Good. Good lover. Now, last but not least, I'm a huge advocate of mum life balance because I think it's really important, yeah. and it's not always easy. It's it's quite a juggle, particularly if you do have younger children. And I know that you're really good at this too, you know, making time for yourself when you can. I like to call it the me before mummy. So how you reconnect or give a little bit back to that Amy pre-children. What is it that you like to do for yourself? Oh my God. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious from the gram. Um, <laughs> that is my girlfriends and going out with them for a long lunch or a nice dinner or just wines. Like I must be the only mum on earth that doesn't do Pilates because if I'm getting some time, like free time, I am not fucking exercising. I'm going out with my girlfriends and I'm having a bottle of wine. And that is how I pay homage to 
old Amy because I love to socialize and I love my girlfriends. I love to go out dancing. Um, I love a drink. May or may not have gathered, but what I know, right? I never have picked that. I thrive off girlfriend, like girl time, and just a little break from my children. And I mean, half the time I pay for it the next day, but it's so worth it. And I think it is yeah. so bloody important to recharge your batteries. I mean, and if Pilates is your thing, like that's cool too. But I um, make sure you're doing it with a girlfriend. Like, make sure you're doing it with other women like I feel like it's important to recharge your batteries with friends or family or your husband where there's no kids around so but you can have adult conversations do you know what I mean yeah I even think that as much as I mean I do Pilates so you know feeling, <laughs> feeling personally victimized sorry no. sorry I'm very I'm like that's just a, that's me because I'm very unfit sorry basically gumby it's just my body's sloppy as (laughs) you I mean you're not but the ironic thing is I actually take the kids to Pilates with me so I as much as I love it I don't see it as me time I see it as not you time no No. so I see that as me yep I'm doing something for myself but I'm still on the job I'm with you going out and being with friends and not like being able to have a conversation or drink a glass of wine without getting interrupted 25 times yep. or having to like stand up and rock someone or feed someone. Yeah. Yep. I think it's important. I I cannot wait until like places are open and we can have a boogie. Like oh, yep. I like to dance like a 17-year-old. Well, I'm not going to say stripper <laughs> because they shouldn't be strippers at 17. A 23-year-old stripper. <laughs> An 18-year-old stripper who's putting herself through university. That's right, exactly. Um, yeah, I. it's my favourite pastime ever. I will be like I'll be that person who's like 55 and still trying to drop low on a dance floor. I will 100% be with you. Sometimes I dance in the lounge room and Peyton will actively tell me now, Mum, you need to stop. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm actually amazing. No, you so and you never need to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be proud of you one day. Well, thank you so much for joining me, the incredible Amy Gerard. I will be sure to pop all of your details into the show notes, even though I think you would pretty much have to be living in under a rock to have not seen you um, or heard about you. But I will put all of your details there. And thank you again so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And just wanted to do a quick special shout out. Um, sorry to any Pilates mums that I really <laughs> offended. I, honestly, I really do want to get into Pilates one day. Just um not in this decade uh and <laughs> sorry to any strippers that are under the age of 18 I mean the, that's not even legal maybe just cut this bit out <laughs> <laughs> amazing ending <laughs> thank you Thanks. I honestly could have had a chat to Amy for hours she's so easy to talk to um I really enjoyed that conversation just to recap on a few things that I took away from it is to remind any mothers with boys that testy rage is a thing doesn't mean that your child's bad or naughty it's just a stage that they go through and they will come out the other side even if they act like Milat a little bit in the interim Amy's advice for motherhood and how she handles parenting is just to surrender to it all 
go with the flow. She handles most of her days by laughing at the things that she can't control and also honoring all of the feelings. It's okay to have bad days. It's completely normal, but it's important to unpack it. Talk about your day with a partner, with a friend, with a family member, and where you can laugh it off so that you can start each day with a fresh mindset. I will pop Amy's details into the show notes so that you can follow along more of her journey. While you're there, make sure that you follow along at at Mummy Republic Podcast. And if you happen to take some time for yourself and reconnect with that person that you were pre-children, don't forget to use the hashtag the me before mummy and tag myself at Mummy Republic Podcast so that I can share it with other listeners and who knows who you might inspire. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.